When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. When putting together your gear, wrap a piece of duct tape around your water bottle. It's barely noticeable, but if another piece of gear breaks or tears, pull off your tape to make a quick patch or repair. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Write that. Write that down for me, Saito. Write that down for me, Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Write That Down. I'm going to be your host, Justin Nipper. I edit for FightGameMedia.com, and I'm a staff writer at F4WOnlineWrestlingObserver.com. I'm back with Japan's leading pro wrestling author, historian, sociologist, and broadcast journalist, Mr. Fumi Saito. All right, welcome to the final episode of our mini-series on... The History of Joshi Pro Wrestling, Women's Wrestling in Japan, Part 3. This is Part 3. Um, today on this episode, we spend a lot of time... Uh, we spend time up front, especially talking about Akira Hokuto and Shinobu Kondori's legendary historic match, 1993 Dream Slam. Um, we spoke about that, plus the extended rivalry between All Japan Women and LLPW. We also talked about groups like LLPW, JWP, uh, the women's group at FMW in the early 90s. Uh, later on in the episode, we definitely spoke about, we spent some time talking about Chigusa Nagayo's comeback to pro wrestling, as well as Linus Asuka's comeback in 1994 and 1995, the launch of Gaia Japan. We spoke about Gaia Girls, the documentary, which you, I, I mentioned it on the episode, but you can easily find it on YouTube or Dailymotion or some sort of open source video website uh, if you are interested in that documentary. Uh, what else do we talk about on this final episode? And we spent time talking about the, the fallout of All Japan Women in um, when it eventually finished, but also... Uh, morphed into a number of splinter groups that came out of it. Groups like Arceon, Neo, Neo Ladies, Oz Academy, later Stardom, Wave, Sendai Girls these days, Seedling. Um, we talked about the Dark Ages for Joshi Pro Wrestling as well. And from there we led our discussion into the modern era of Joshi Pro Wrestling. Now, there are a lot of topics that I'm sure we couldn't hit so this is a general history uh, despite 
you know, three episodes we gave you, there's we're going to have to hit on certain topics and certain figures in the future in, you know, solo series, showcase series that we do focused on one wrestler or one tag team. So if there is something that we had to leave out that you are interested in, just hit us up on Twitter, hit us up via Patreon. We'll try to get to it. There's lots and lots to get to, so don't you worry. All right, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Fight Game Media Network podcast feed on Spotify, on Apple, Stitcher Downcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. It does help out a ton. And also, I have a book out right now, a digital e-book thingamabob. It's on Amazon. You can buy it uh, for your Kindle. It's called Stronger Than All. It's a digital match guide to every single New Japan Strong match for the first two years of the show's existence. Um, there is a sale going on this month, too. You can buy it for just $2.99 US dollars. Alright, that's enough. Let's get right into Joshi Pro Wrestling. The history of Joshi Pro Wrestling, our final episode, part three. Right. And yeah, the, the very first inner promotional match starting from all Japan women uh, against FMW women in November right. of 92. But the first very, very famous one being uh, April 2nd, 1993, Yokohama Arena, where the match lasted all the way to like 12.45 at night. Everybody missed their last train. And the, most of them missed the train and became a legend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine? You know the wrestling matches lasted that long, but people decided. And uh, Yokohama Arena is in Shin Yokohama, so you basically have to take bullet train one stop to get there. You know, and the bullet train runs. You know, the, even even in, 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 in regular train in the subway usually runs till like a one o'clock in the morning, but the bullet train stop running like a tether, you know? and uh yeah they decided to stay and then you know they, go, they didn't think about what's going to happen after the show and then uh, it's becoming like a, almost like a local legend that uh, people run into each other at the middle of the night wandering around you know to just to find a local bar or izakaya or someplace where they can i can you know you can actually walk in and spend time until the very first you know train in the morning <laughs> a lot of life some people friendships uh, started that night I guess, yeah, yeah, that night, and all some people all went into you know Seven uh, Eleven or Lawson's, you know, for uh, English-speaking world. And the Japanese Seven Elevens and Lawson's, a lot of them they sell beer, liquor. Did you notice that? That's right. When yeah. Here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they picked up a six can of beer and then went went to the park to sit, you know. And uh, I don't know how warm that was in April of nineteen. 19- 93 but I mean, pretty cold they, yeah and they decided to spend the night at the park drinking canned beer and on and, and talk wrestling even more it was a bright <laughs> and, time uh, became like a legend that night after the yokohama arena show we you know <clears throat> yeah yeah they spend the night uh, outside until we did the first train in the morning and uh, they were happy to do so but that was a uh, very beginning of that uh peak era of this inter-promotion superstar against superstar supercard that uh, Yokohama Arena especially that uh, that was a night 
Akira Hokuto became larger than life superstar, beating Shinobu Kandori of LLPW. Shinobu Kandori was a star, but not, not like an idol superstar, superstar, but the star in that she was a world champion judo, judoka, amateur rank. And uh, what can you, how far can you go as a, as a judo champion, right? And uh, becoming instructor or sensei somewhere or teach high school gym, in the gym class or, or just be a judo person the rest of your life. And you, you probably won't be making that much money, you know. And Kandori wanted to pursue something professionally in a, in a profession as an athlete. And it, Kandori was one of those people that wandered into the wrestling world. Much like Naoya Ogawa later on, yeah, mm -hmm. or, or, or the little bit like a Brock Lesnar for that matter. Yeah, Brock yeah, Lesnar. but Ronda Rousey was a wrestling fan. She, yeah, she she admits that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Ronda Rousey was a, a great Olympic judo and also went to UFC. You know, like a real fight, but uh, it wasn't like step down for Ronda Rousey to become professional wrestler because she was lifelong wrestling. Fan. Fan and also that uh, was uh, she admits that she was a Riley Piper fan and also that the, she studied under judo Jean LaBelle. Jean LaBelle also trained Riley Piper, so there was a connection. That's why she has this, you know, rowdy, rowdy, you know, t shirt and uh, kilt skirt and a leather, black leather jacket she inherited. And there's a nice, warm wrestling story to it, right? I mean, for Ronda Rousey case. But the, she, she, Shinobu Kandri admit, uh, admits that herself that she never watched wrestling as a kid, you know. But uh, this is what she wants to do, to make money, you know. So, so there's like a, a mixed bag feeling that, they're right, that the, this legitimate tough woman should go into this business, you know, and improve something. Or some people resent that. So, yeah, she's in there just to make money, you know, something. And then, But the, uh, the, the common understanding was that this woman Shinobu Kandori is legitimate tough woman then in a single match against Akira Hokuto oh my gosh this is gonna be very interesting right and in today's world there's a double juice you know both 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 women bled you know and at the end that the Northern Light power, you know, power bomb, uh, that the Northern Light you know like a brain buster thing that Akira Hokuto pinned Shinobu Kandori very convincingly, and it was a sensational match. Uh, and then that was like, a, that really uh, sped this boom period, the peak era that the, let's come back and watch more women's wrestling. Because this Yokohama Arena show that, that drew uh, 18,000 plus fans, and a lot, lot of these male fans, but it was, was their first women's match live you know they attended the big show so there's you know right let's come back for a more live show you know and uh that that year alone uh all japan women had you know osaka fritz that the budokan you know nippon budokan and nagoya you know uh rainbow nagoya hall show that the tokyo bay uh nk hall that's a nice 10,000 uh, people, you know, uh, audience building that that's right next to Tokyo Disneyland. That, that building, Tokyo Bay NK Hall, that's 
it's not there anymore. But uh, for about ten year period, a lot of the big show was held at the Tokyo Bay and Keiho, right next to Tokyo Disneyland. Uh, that's another well useless trivia. And uh, end of this this uh, December '93, they finally uh, came back uh, came back to Sumo Arena, Sumo Palace. Yeah, Sumo Palace. You know, they didn't, they hadn't had that Sumo Palace show uh, since Crash Girls era. Yeah, so that was symbolic. And I think listeners that might be a little younger need to also recognize that at this time there wasn't such thing as MMA quite yet. It wasn't. Nope, nope, not yet. We were not yet. talking That's about right. Ronda Rousey earlier. Ronda Rousey had the option. She she went into. Uh, UFC and MMA first because she had that option because it had already established itself as a business sure, sure. at the time she started. Well, Kandori probably I would say it's safe to say That's she right, would have done right. something similar. Right, Kandori uh, she would have done that. Right, right. Oh, I think so. In Japan, you had to wait till ni- late nineties. Right, at least Shinobu Kandori debuted eighty six. Yeah, right. So she and others that wrestled like her were ahead of their time. And along with the the UWF groups and all the right, shooters, right. This, this slightly different era, right? Right. So they, uh, in pro wrestling terms and pro wrestling context, it was it had a different flavor than it would now. It could only have happened then in the '90s because, and that's also what gave it that uh, that intensity and that a lot. There was a lot of. Uh, fire between Hokuto and Kandori in that match. It was really like um, mm-hmm. a precursor to the UWF U, excuse me, UWFI New Japan feud a couple of years later where it Seemed was like it. pro Seemed wrestling like it. versus shoot fighting, mixed martial arts, whatever you want to call it. Right. Not quite MMA yet. But not pro wrestling either. Or but the not, I, was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and people are It's like, a pro wrestling but not, not fully grew out of, you know, the traditional pro wrestling flavor either but the wrestling fans enjoy that though because you know like you and the same in america or japan that the wrestling fans generally grew up being told that the wrestling is fake wrestling is bad you know mm. and uh, whomever loved wrestling so much as a kid you know they, they'll tell you in your neighborhood some uncle you know the school teacher your homeroom teacher will tell you oh Oh, the wrestling, <laughs> you know. So we have same stigma, you know. So th- th- that was like a t- there's a time that the proved. Look, watch this match. You call it fake, huh? Right. So wrestling fans always have to like almost defend themselves, defend myself. Yeah. And uh, and, and when, I think uh, a lot of those great... wrestlers from that time mm-hmm. were the the heroes of the people who felt that way. Like yeah, Fuyaki, yeah, like uh, mm-hmm, Sayama. Yeah, but a lot of them, like you know. Satoru Sayama himself that, that created Shuto, a complete MMA genre. And UWF, then, then into Fujiwara Gumi, then, then Funaki and Minoru Suzuki ended up starting Pancras. And Pancras ended up being complete MMA today. You know, nothing to do with pro wrestling anymore. It's just interesting, you know, history piece there. It took a different But anyhow, path. That, uh, yeah, different path. Some people, like Nobuhiko Takada joined with MMA and never were able to come back. <laughs> you know, I, I wish they they did, but uh, you know what I'm saying. Well, he's more like a TV personality these days. He's not really much of a fighter. 
oh yeah, completely retired. And nobody could talk about in his case that uh, he doesn't mingle with wrestling people anymore. No, he's like a you know he's a talent. Yeah, yeah, definitely talent. Uh, I uh, just the other day I was I happened to you know, switch channel and then I saw him as a detective or something. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, transitioned to the yeah, post wrestling life, like some you know wrestlers over here do too. John Cena, The Rock, right? Ricky Choshu, and yeah, yeah, right. That's fine. That's fine with me. But back to women's wrestling. Uh, this um, 1993 April second Yokohama Arena show was a big landmark, you know, landmark, I think. And that year alone, they had a lot of you know huge shows like. Almost every month, every month, you know, the Budokan this month and Osaka next month and the following month, Nagoya, the back to Tokyo, the Sumo Palace and all these things and in, well into 94. They had another Yokohama Arena in, 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 in March again and then uh, August, you know, Budokan and then 94, in November, you have Tokyo Dome. Yeah. So at around and, this time, well, who, who were the who were the superstars that people wanted to see the most? Who who was at the forefront of these uh, couple years? Ninety three, ninety four. Uh, Bonakano, Aja Kong, uh, Manami Toyota, Kyoko Inoue, Takako Inoue, yeah, Mima Shimoda, yeah, yeah, those, and we mingled well enough with JWP and LLPW. The hardcore wrestling fan knew of uh, Shinobu Kandori, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, by having this inner promotional match, that the people started going to LLPW show. So that was a win-win situation. And with JWP, there was there were people like Dynamite Kanzai, the Kuri, you know, Kuri Suzuki, that uh, Mayumi Ozaki, that uh, they got their own stars, right? And uh, there was a, like a single match, Aja Kong against Dynamite Kansai. Oh wow! Like a, uh, I, I almost said it too tough, too tough guys, but no, no, tough women. I'm sorry. That uh, like a short hair, you know, that the costume is really masculine, and uh, it's like they're women, but uh, they were a type of, you know, Manami Toyota type of women's wrestler, but there's a type of Dynamite Kansai and Aja Kong and Kyoko, you know, the more boyish kind of athletes that uh, they, they, you know, catered to different kind of audience. If I you know you know what I'm talking about, they wrestled more like a orthodox style male wrestling. Like they didn't do any of the high flying, any of the lucha. Yeah, and both Dynamite Kansai and and Aja it works like UWF almost kicking pad and uh, this MMA finger gloves mm -hmm. and the, the the suplex submission and they don't even lock up; they'll kick you first. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? More so um, style guess... was there. Yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of mirrored what was popular in some circles at the time with men's wrestling yeah. and with yeah with a, <coughs> with the uh, women's wrestling. All Japan's women didn't have as much of that flavor as the non yeah, all Japan women's groups. And all Japan women's wrestling had the very little influence from male wrestling. Yeah, and the Manami Toyota admits that the she it grew up watching all Japan women but never really watched men's wrestling. Very interesting, you know? So it's a completely different style, or like a, almost like a different sport. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV. 
which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, before we forget, 1993 was a year that uh, Chigusa Nagayo made comeback. She died back in 1989, but she decided to come back as a wrestler. And 94, Lioness Asuka, uh, another half of Crash Girls, Lioness Asuka uh, decided to you know, make a comeback in 94, which was interesting. And initially, Nagayo worked, you know, shows for all Japan women, but the, they announced that the August of 94 that the, she's starting a new group called Gaia Japan. Another new company, yes. And Gaia Japan, yeah, uh, the, their first show won't happen until 95, but uh, Gaia Japan is famous for this. Uh, that It was a British uh, the, the, the documentary, Gaia Girls, that... Uh, they did a long documentary movie that uh, like a really uh, almost like a violent, you know, that uh, this young girls trying to become a professional wrestler. They they had a long doc documentary. You should maybe you, you know this movie, so you maybe you you better at, explain that to your audience. Yeah, it was a BBC documentary <clears throat> in like nineteen ninety nine two thousand. Was it right around that time? Mm -hmm. And yeah. we got a lot yeah. of Nagayots. She was uh, in charge of the Gaia school. And we saw a young and very intense Meiko Satomura. I think 15. Was she 15? 15 year old Meiko Satomura was in it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, she's intense. Right on ninth grade. Yeah. She didn't even go go back to school tenth grade, for 10th grade. She decided to become a wrestler. And yeah. a few years later, she I think around that time, she did show up on a WCW broadcast. Um, yeah, yeah, right. That the uh, smaller show, like WCW World or WCW worldwide Pro, show. Yeah, yeah, worldwide. Yeah, her and Wematsu. Yeah, WCW Pro, uh, WCW Worldwide Show. Yeah, and her, taped like three matches and left. Yeah, uh, her and Wematsu. Yes. Um, but the, yeah, the, the documentary. I think it's pretty easy to find on YouTube or Daily Motion if you just type in Gaia Girls, G A E A, uh, Girls. It's out there. Documentary. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty and intense, it was, not for the faint of heart. Right, and also how brutal the, the, the training was and almost like a vibe. Yeah, it was almost like they had Ellen to prove But it was how... like a very shocking documentary piece for, yeah, serious they were. And uh, it wasn't the original for uh, Chigusa Nagayo because it was the exact training that the, she went through uh, as a rookie uh, when she was with All Japan Women. 
So it was a, a kind of a first glimpse into that kind of the background world. Right, uh, right. And documentary and the movie footage. Yeah, and then you can still watch that. And that's how they do in Japan. Or something. You know, it's almost prejudice, but uh, not so far from reality. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think but, so. So another... 94, the, the boom period was still. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to mention before, uh, if anybody's a fan of uh, Hirota Sakura, <laughs> that Gaia movie has it features she's uh, in it very yeah, I think 14 year old uh hirota sakura uh it's funny to see she's a mother of two now but it was a while ago right so, so there was a funny kind of wrestler and a serious kind of wrestler because because hirota sakura and the meiko satomura is like a completely like, <laughs> night and day uh you know, like extreme from one end of the spe spectrum to the other yeah but they both came out of the gaia school mm -hmm. yeah, same training and then uh, same training camp, yeah. So '93 huge uh, that the period, and also that was the uh, that was the year that uh, Bo Nakano, fi uh, the Aja Kong finally beat Aja Kong. I mean uh, Bo Nakano for the red belt. So the torch was handed. The, uh, Bo Nakano, huge superstar, but the, she dropped the title, red belt, uh, all Japan. Uh, the WWWA world title to Aja, so the Aja becomes a, a total main event. And Bonacano decided to leave full time schedule. And she, first, she went to Mexico, then became CMLL women's champion. Then, she, then in '94, she went to uh, WWF. And uh, it's not that, that the Bo, Bonacano wanted to go, but uh, it was Alondra Blaze, you know, the Medusa, uh, who became Alondra Blaze in WWF. And uh, that uh, they put package together, uh, WWF Women Champion Alondra Blaze against Bonacano in America, and that was Bonacano's transition. Yeah, for Tokyo Dome, November you know, '94, November 20th, Tokyo Dome card. Alondra Blaze against Bonacano match title match was brought back from you know uh, America and had that so. When Tokyo Dome showed, it was like an eight-hour show, you know. I was there the, the entire day, and then I some. You were on commentary. I uh, watched so many matches that day. It's like it's almost like escaping. Yeah, I couldn't do all eight hours, but I did a three-hour portion of it. So we switched, you know, because people were getting tired, and you can't call, you know, all the matches for eight, eight, nine hours. So we, you know, traded spot. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I was doing that. What did fans do? I guess they decided to stay, or some of the matches, you know, there was actually like, uh, you know, Miyu Yamamoto, was, uh, you know, amateur wrestling gold medal champion, older sister of Yamamoto Kid Yoshifumi. And uh, they, had, they brought this Olympic level women's amateur wrestlers, you know, you know yeah, yeah, Kid Yamamoto's older sister, Miyu Yamamoto. She wrestled, not professional match, but the exhibition in, in professional ring. And there was time that, the, well, I guess people decide to just get up and go get something to drink or something to eat and come back and, you know, and watch more. So they, like I'm almost like a going to ball game, you know. You can't pay attention to every second of it and every match of every second of it for eight hours. Four hours is eight, pretty nine. long. Eight is eight. Nine is. hours, you know, that's impossible. But they, yeah. Uh, that was, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then also, all Japan Women's Wrestling Company knew that 
it was the, the one and only time they would be running Tokyo Dome. So I guess they wanted to have everything on it, you know. Uh, you know, there was uh, MM, not the MMA, but the, they, they used to call it Varitudo. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, anything goes match. And uh, the interesting was like, uh, that the Chibusa Nagayo against Reggie Bennett single match. And uh, they, they had, you know, and, and also one night tournament going, you know. And and also it was Akira Hokuto's first retirement show, you know, card. And Aja Kong against Manami Toyota single match. And they put a lot of interesting thing on it. But I think it was just tiring. And uh, I, to be honest with you, I don't really remember all the details of matches from that night. Mm. I just remember the fact that I was there. So... Money weren't any life. big uh, memorable moments is, is there anything you can recall or it just bit it's in peace you know because it was it was like something that happened at tokyo dome and it was all that thing is how i remember and uh and also when you watch tokyo dome you know uh wrestling you know wrestling show at the tokyo dome it always happened that you are not really watching ring you are watching the monitor Right. You know? Yeah. Especially if you're yeah, sitting when you're farther away. Because... Oh, yeah. This is... Every seat is pretty far away, you know, if you ask me. And the ring, and you hear thump, thump, thump. Like, you know, like a box or hip toss or something. You hear the sound from, you know, from your right ear, but you hear like a half second delay sound from that screen. You know, the something kind of strange feeling. Dun, 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 dun. It's like a, almost half second delay. You have two sounds, you know, different sounds, and that that takes attention away from you. But that that happens at every Tokyo Dome show, you know. Even New Japan's, you know, Wrestle Kingdom. Everybody's watching this from pretty far away, and if you're not in a big, you know, floor arena, that's still far away too. But if you're in on, on, sitting on the stand. You will be watching the big monitor, you know, what they call it, uh, the aura vision. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's really no way around but, it. There yeah, is that, that was... delayed reaction uh, on the big matches. So right, the... right. Yeah. That's so the, is, the, the being, in, being there and being part of the big you know, historical show was what it was about. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, if you watch this Tokyo Dome card on video, it's out there. That uh, it, it's, it looked like a completely different night too. So now that if you want to watch the serious content of the match as a match, that you should go back and watch videos. But the, the fact you were there was just as important. Yeah. But uh, uh, a lot of people call this, you know, like a the, the peak and the highest moment of this women's, you know, Joshi wrestling's boom period. But it was actually the Tokyo Dome was like the beginning of the end. Beginning of the end, almost. I... Why do you say it was of the course, beginning of the, the end? The next year, '95, that uh, they still had Yokohama Arena. Beginning, yeah, beginning of the end, because uh, it was like something that something peaked, and also you and I are old enough to look at this three-year period of something concrete, some three-year period. When you were young, like uh, when you, you know, teenager or twenties, you know, three years seemed like forever. Does that make sense? It seemed like a long, long three years. Yeah, yeah. So it was like the boom period 
anything, you know, that the uh, disco music or uh, that the uh, Space Invader or there's a game, you know, some computer game, Video Boy, something that the, your favorite thing, you know, that the software or something. That, that, actual boom peak period is about three years you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and, so then it, and then it kind and of tapers this down was tapers yeah off. right right and i think that this uh november 94 tokyo dome show was like the beginning of the end they still had yokohama arena show the following year that you know the the small palace show and all these things but it was like wasn't really there and when they finally had uh, two consecutive nights at the Budokan in uh, August of 96, we saw some empty, empty seats. Yeah. And that was, uh, 96 was the year Akira Hokuto coming, coming out of retires just after two short years. And she joined Gaia Japan for that this time, you know. And also another group called Jade. D, you know, John Dark, JD started, and Jaguar Yokota became coach of that. And, uh, and a lot of the new thing, you know, that the, uh, not just all Japan women, but, uh, you know, actually Bonakano is not no longer the part of the all Japan women group. And Aja Kong and Manami Toyota, the Kyoko Inoue, the Mima Shimoda, the uh, Mita, probably, and maybe probably uh, Yumiko Hota is about. That's about the ro- big roster, but uh, something was missing already in the year of 95, 96, in my eyes, yeah. So uh, burned, you know, that they burned out uh, new wrestling fans, or they just, uh, I guess, boom period was was coming to an end. It, it felt like, yeah. So and, and, when when was yeah. it exactly that all Japan women started to fizzle out? Falling? And, yeah. Uh, I think it started falling uh, like the summer, spring of 97. Spring, it lasted 96, you know, and they were still having the, the last corner of, you know, in a promotion match, all Japan against JWP, all Japan women against LLPW. And, you know, there's a trying to scratch, you know, every bit of it and 97 kyoko inoue all of a sudden quit all japan women you know uh because they were like uh, being like uh actually late uh for the st- paychecks you know like every month salary and what was interesting was that uh september of 97 97 okay september of 1997 all japan women all of a sudden filed bankruptcy oh right and wait a minute that lasted till 2005 right what was so interesting was the that the the old japan women company 1997 uh, when they filed their bankruptcy that meaning that no bank will do business with you right does that make sense yeah hello so yeah. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. What What was happening was that they announced that after they abandoned the first bankruptcy, they announced that we'll, we will be still running wrestling show. How? Right? Cash only basis. <laughs> oh, that's just like a, 
hope it's 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 making any sense. Is anything you could I'm say they were right in, now? You could say they were in trouble by they then. They filed bankruptcy, and yeah, yeah. And all Japan women, you know, we haven't covered this much, but the, uh, it's a very interesting, you know, company. Uh, they opened business six nineteen sixty eight, right? And they always had this. Uh, Channel 8, Fuji Televisions, you know, they, they, Fuji Television always carried the show. And I was also paying them uh, annual uh, rights fee. You know, there's a, the, a good chunk of money coming from the you know net, network channel. And actually, they were in business for 10 years by then. And the all Japan women's wrestling, 1968 to 1997. So they lasted 30 years, right? Almost, you know. And... New Japan, you know, Antonio Inoki's New Japan Pro Wrestling never had their own building. You know, they were in in a, in a one floor of some building, right? And Giant Barber's All Japan Pro Wrestling, they never had their own building. You know, the again, All Japan, you know, Giant Barber's uh, yes, All Japan Women owned their own building, two buildings in Meguro. And there was like, uh, we, we used to call it palace because it's a two building built, you know, right next to each other. One had this, you know, the parking space where they can park three different buses, you know, like a two buses, baby face and, and heel bus. And also that another truck to, to have just being in cheers in there, you know. And the second half of this, uh, the you know, the ground floor, there was a dojo, you know, dojo. All Japan, dojo was ringing and everybody practiced. And second floor, they had the office. And the second floor, left-hand, the, the, half the building, they had Sanzoku, the big restaurant. And the third floor, fourth floor on, that the, you know, rookies and girls were living. And on up, up on fifth floor, midgets were living, you know, the midget, midget wrestlers. And they had restaurants. They had karaoke houses, you know, but karaoke, you know, studio is not, I mean, it's like, you can now you call it, you know, the karaoke became English word, but they were, they had karaoke studio bar way back in the 80s, you know, and they had different restaurants, they had ramen houses, and they had real estate department, and we don't know much details, but, uh, all Japan women and four Matsunaga brothers were the only one had their own building and their own restaurant going and uh, real estate, you know, that uh, department. And, and, and they must be doing the like fortune, right? And then also something probably about the real estate, you know, that uh, uh, the part, something they done or something that they lost a lot of money or something. And and then all of a sudden, 1997, you know, a year after this peak year, they were fighting bankruptcy. And then nobody knew what was really the reason for it, you know. And uh, But they still announced it, that they are still running wrestling shows because, uh, yeah, Takashi, the boss, Takashi Matsunaga's core. This is the only thing they can sell now. And on cash-only based business, between 97 and 2005, they lasted another seven years. It's just incredible, you know? And uh, different kind of people, right? <laughs> Diehards. Diehards help. 
really yeah i guess yeah yeah. wrestling and also more like uh if bank and uh the pay you know like a checkbooks and the bookkeeping uh, it's not holding it they can still run wrestling uh cash in cash out every you know night out night in you know day in day out they can still operate wrestling and that's exactly what they did another seven years i needed to point that out because 1997 was the year that the the first kyoko inoue left then rossi left the company rossi ogawa Mm-hmm. And Kyo- Kyoko Inoue started her first Neo Ladies Wrestling. And Rossi Ogawa, uh, they took Aja Khan um, and Reggie Bennett, uh, Mariko Yoshida, and the five, six, seven girl came with Rossi Ogawa and he started his RCN company. Yeah, like a forerunner of today's startup. Yeah, the first company Rossi. Uh, started was RCN, yeah. Uh, that started in 1997. That meaning that all uh, <clears throat> Japan was, you know, like going to three, you know, different, you know, like a, like a split, you know. Bonakano is, is not part of that group anymore. And Akira Hokuto, you know, was not part of that group. She joined the guy of Japan and Toshio Yamada later on joined, joined, you know, Gaia Japan as well because Toshio Yamada was like Chigusa Nagayo's number one proje, you know, yeah. And uh, so it's like half the crew left all Japan women. And uh, Manami Toyota became like a single main event wrestler with all Japan women, yeah, that year. And that's already end of 1990s, right? So the millennium coming and you hear that the see, 96 and 97 was the year Nobuhiko Takada had this Hickson Gracie match at the Tokyo Dome like your UWFI superstar and the best thing ever Nobuhiko Takada right and had you know this Tokyo Dome MMA match against Hickson Gracie two years in a row 96 and 97 two years in a row he lost in a few minutes you know what I'm saying it was like that's when this really <clears throat> loyal professional pro wrestling fans start scratching their heads something wrong with this picture right are you with me on this people's uh what's the word not just their minds were changing but it was the whole perception of what pro wrestling was was completely flipping over on its head at least in japan at first and then later in the states and worldwide yeah because ufc was was not you know they're not, you know, running shows in Japan, but the videotaped and, and, and uh, you know, like a cable satellite TV special of USC was happening. And also, people have seen Masakatsu Funaki, Minoru Suzuki, Ken Shamrock's Pancras, you know, coming out of traditional pro wrestling and pro wrestlers start M- MMA. There was no word yet, I don't think, but the MMA type professional wrestling around that time era so people start going like huh and if it was all 100 percent uh legitimate contest it would not look like that right and uh yeah so the millennium coming in uh, uh just the beginning of dark age of professional rest and uh trend 
That's what I'm saying, I think. Then, yeah, then 99, 2000, of course, wrestling is around, you know. But, uh, oh, wow, this something about this, you know, this pro wrestling was there like the people, I mean, even the loyal wrestling fan, um, the, the wrestling was something that we all enjoyed in during the 20th century. And when 21st century comes, it may not be, you know, no longer be part of our everyday life or something. And it's just that uh, we had the feeling, you know, it's like a, a real bad feeling about pro wrestling. Huh? Does that make sense? Remember, yeah, like, there was a gray like cloudiness in the air. Yeah, <clears throat> wrestling was changing. Yeah, everything, everything has to come to an end or something. We really felt that during this millennium era, you know. People who liked like UFOs, you know, like a, you know, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, oh, that was all bad, and it's like everything that, you know, like supernatural. Now that was so fake. All these mysteries solved before the new century or something. All the music will be changed, or or everything will be different in a new century or something. And we just because it only happens once in 100 year. And we were there, and we really felt that. And what's, you know, I mean, not all that much different from previous years, but uh, we were led to believe that the, when a new century starts, everything would be different. Does that make sense? It was going to be different, but it was, so everyone thought bigger or better. Yeah, of course. Bigger and better. It, it hasn't been, though. <laughs> 20 years later, now it's what the COVID and a war and uh, well yeah. at that time i think uh, joshi pro wrestling got smaller and more niche than ever for you know from between the yeah all in all that the boom era peak era uh really had to come to an end yeah but it's all to... where the current stars came from a lot of the yeah. current stars yeah. that we see they came from this time period they came out of that time period Asuka, Yoshirai. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, of course. Yoshirai, Asuka, or, or <clears throat> today's, yeah, today's superstar didn't really watch, you know, good wrestling or that the, that the 90s peak period was something they heard about or watch on old VHS tapes, you know. Mm -hmm. And there really was dark period. Not, in, not just women's wrestling, but men's wrestling. You know, to not the day to you know cover this, but the, we have to really touch this subject too. That the New Japan Pro Wrestling was was the one who got the hit the most. You know, that the, you know retired Inoki Antonio Inoki pretty much sided himself with what the MMA world. If you so you lived in Japan and then you if you remember about the six seven year period, uh, every New Year's Eve, December thirty first. You know, and NHK have this, have this, you know, has always traditional singing, you know, that uh, music festival kind of thing all night long. And Channel 4 had Inoki Bomaye. Channel 6 had Pride. Channel 8 had K1. They all looked the same because they're all MMA shows all night long, you know. Then there was not a wrestler. Oh, probably like a Kazuyuki Fujita from, you know, Kamara New Japan, but the, the, he, the Fujita wasn't considered pro wrestlers, you know, anymore at the time. Probably, maybe Kazushi Sakuraba 
But Kazushi Sakuraba's peak was much like 2001-2002 when he beat Boyce Gracie. But uh, Sakuraba himself you know, switched K1 and Pride back and forth, you know, for this like a big, bigger contract or something. But people didn't look at Sakuraba as a professional wrestler. The ones like uh, Yuji Nagata, then an IWGP champion, or somebody like a Kendo Kashin, you know, Kendo Kashin without mask, they had matches against people like Milko Karkap or the Federer Emilienko with just two days training. That's impossible, right? That's it's still every time you hear it, it's pretty. Yeah, I can't. It's unprecedented. I mean, shoot, that's and it really yeah. it was a big gamble. All of it. There was a lot of big gambles. At yeah. That time. Um, Inoki when he yeah not went not to that MMA yeah, not, side. He not that Nagata was you know not good enough. He both Nagata Yuji Nagata Kendo Kashin Ishizawa or Manabu Nakanishi. They were all college wrestling champions that turned professional wrestler. Nakanishi's case, he was Olympic wrestler, and professional wrestler. But uh, Inoki still had influence over this, you know. He, he wasn't even living in Japan at the time. He was living in L.A. And L.A. Dojo was another story for another day. But uh, Inoki still had enough influence to call up New Japan company and offices or send us Nagata and Kendo Kashin over for MMA. They couldn't say no. And Nagata and Kendo Kashin both, you know, uh, was the under contract wrestlers that they couldn't say no about it. But they, you know, they were nice about it. They shows up night after they had wrestling match and have had match against people like Krakup and Ferrer, Emilienko. And of course they weren't ready for that, you know. But that costed wrestling a lot, a lot more than the surface. That a lot of loyal professional wrestling fans really left pro wrestling because of it. You know, well, I want to watch something like Pride and K1. I don't blame them, you know. But uh, yeah, that was the dark of wrestling. And women's wrestling was not pop, trying to get it. Oh, it took them like years to, you know. We probably had to wait till like 2010. That's when Rossi started his stardom this time. Yeah. Stardom already has 10 year history, you know. But it was 2005, all Japan women, you know, finally went out of business and really closed the chapter. I mean, the biggest women's wrestling company and that had the rich history and then uh, they produced so many legends and the, the said joshi pro wrestling women's pro wrestling that meant all japan pro wrestling you know, all japan women's pro wrestling for decades yeah but uh, they finally went out of business uh 2005. did we get any questions from this listeners this time no i don't have any uh at hand but if anybody has them they know where to get us they can get out of us at twitter or via email but uh oh, okay. we are recording this okay. a little bit earlier let's, than let's fall, uh, fast forward let's fast forward uh yeah right right but the, doing it every week you know write that down with me and you know justin nipper that that sh should happen every week <laughs> so I, I guess we're doing it and uh fast forward a little bit that the 2005 yes um 
all Japan women's uh, finally um, closed uh, closed at the shop, and uh, it really went down. And that was also the year uh, uh, Gaia Japan, uh, Chigusa Nagayo's Gaia Japan closed down too, because they were only going to do it for 10-year period. The sponsor that the money promoter person was only committed for 10 year and 10 year project was over. And that Nagayo Chigusa said, Yeah, yeah, all close uh, Gaia Japan. Uh, 95. And 2006 was the year now grown up superstar you know, Meiko Satomura opened her Sendai Girls Pro Wrestling 2006. Hey, I felt like that was a brand new era. Yes. And 2007, you know, the, the pro wrestling wave started. 2009, Ice Ribbon started. 2011, the Diana, the Reina, the, all these new companies coming out, you know. And finally, I um, I got the text message from Rossi one day to the spring of 2010, I believe, that uh, actually I'm doing the company again. Are you sure? And hmm. uh, I was really, really happy that uh, I was chosen to be one of the very few people that uh, Rusty decided to inform on, you know, and then, oh, great, and please be careful kind of thing, right? Because, you know, he lost a lot of money and he himself had to, you know, file his pers you know, personal bankruptcy when the company RCM went down. And he had himself had to live in, in this dark age of professional wrestling for like uh, several years. And uh, yeah. And uh, 2010, he decided to, you know, go, you know, back this company up, and this time called Stardom. And I felt really, really, it was like a promising. It's like, uh, it was all accident when, almost like an accident when Rossi started the Stardom 2010. Uh, if you remember Fuka, uh, another idol uh, wrestler that was like a niche, niche, but uh, pretty popular and Rossi for that entire period was just running small and uh, just had enough 300, 400 people in the audience, but very loyal fan base for five, you know, every month for five year period. And Rossi and Fuka was making like a <clears throat> hand to hand making business and making living with this small portion of wrestling audience, very loyal fan base. And that the Fuka at the time was training new girls without really telling Ross about it. At the time, you know, like a 2004, 2005, you can actually rent space uh, during the week, during the daytime at, at the Shinkiba. Uh, that the Shinkiba building always have wrestling ring in there. Any independent group can use it, you know. And uh, the wrestling ring was always there. And uh, during the day when nobody was using that building, you know, a manager was like, you know, if wrestler come in and pay 10, 15, $20, they'll let you use this wrestling during the day, like during the week for the practice. Okay. Then Fuka started training uh, rookies. Like among that, there was like a Yoshiko, the, the uh, young Mayu Iwatani, the, you know, they were like, Fuka was training these girls. Then one day, he, he, the Fuka brought Rossi over. Like, Come over. I, I'm training these girls. 
Then there's like eight girls all ready to debut in the ring. And Rashi scratched his head. Wait a minute. Is it, are, uh, are you guys like trying to, what are you trying to do here? And then none of these girls want, wanted to work in these existing wrestling companies. That the, they uh, pretty much that uh, was thinking that the, uh, that the, when they were ready, there's a place to wrestle or something, right? And not con concrete plan. Then then the Rossi looked at it. Like, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He said, like, "Wait a minute. Uh, this might be his, you know, his mission for these girls, uh, in order for these girls to work in the ring in completely new environment. Therefore, a new company. And, uh, and then there was a Usupon's. You know, if you remember, her TV project was going." Yuzupon was a pretty famous model and also a grab, you know, what we call a grabia idol that the, you know, that the magazine with, you know, bikinis and stuff that she was really, Yuzupon was pretty famous. And there was a TV project to have her as a women's wrestler and have one match and one match only, you know, for the TV special. And Rossi was, you know, helping that thing. And when Yuzupon showed up at the dojo, to start practicing. She was so serious that she doesn't want to do just one match for TV. It's like, uh, it's like uh, she came every, she started coming over to, you know, dojo, every, you know, not the dojo, but the Shinkiba every day to join their, you know, Fukas practice. And they said, if I do something, I want to do it for right and do it for real. And they ended up becoming wrestler for three year period. Therefore, Rossi had a completely just all fresh roster to start, start them. They would then, and it's like, a, the rest is uh, you know the rest of the history you know, rest of the story and then this the beginning of stardom was really um exciting because no existing wrestler is all rookie uh, and uh, and then and, and then then the takahashi uh from all japan women they joined to coach these wrestlers and uh, and uh, yeah uh, it was it just happened like a snowballing effect that i felt that this stardom is going to make it yeah. Does that make sense? I mean, it seems like you're correct on that because stardom is, I mean, you have to, can't argue yeah, that yeah. it's the number one women's wrestling company in the world right now, just like all Japan was. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, uh, Rossi is the only one that has all Japan women's DNA in him. And after, see, uh, all all Japan women's company, like we've always talked about, was run by four Matsunaga brothers, you know, Kenji Matsunaga, Takashi Matsunaga, Kunimatsu Matsunaga, and Toshikuni Matsunaga, four brothers. And one by one, they all passed. And uh, none of these brothers are with us anymore. And uh, yeah, and actually, in reality, Rossi is the only one who had this decades of experience with the all Japan women and basically just knows how to run women's wrestling company. <clears throat> and in 21st century style. And uh, yeah, that's what we were talking about. And uh, today, uh, I try to count how many women's companies are there in Japan right now. You know, <clears throat> we have Stardom, you know, then this is big, you know, like the number one company now is 35 wrestlers in full-time roster, and he sold the company to Bushiroad, the same owning company with New Japan. It's a big game, you know, 
trading card, big, huge company with big capital that uh, Rossi just became a president of it, no longer be paying wrestlers from uh, you know his account. But uh, uh, yeah, Rossi is really happy to be producing the show as a creative end of it and uh, that the business part of it is run by Bush Road now so it's in a good position and very big biggest company in Japan women's wrestling is stardom right now and then then distant second would be what who do you think Sendai Girls or Tokyo Joshi or yeah, it's Marvelous hard to say. Um, yeah, Ice Ribbon you know, Oz in, Academy yeah in Japan <sighs> Yeah, I, I don't know it, because the you know the the crowds for each promotion are pretty different. There's not too much crossover. Sendai Girls fans don't often go to the Tokyo Joshi Pro. Right, they're all supported by very loyal fan base. Yeah, like you have act girl, you know, actress girls that the, the World Pro Wrestling or Shinshu Girls Wrestling, or they still have the the uh, the group called LLPWX. Mm-hmm. The 90s, 90s LLPW, but the, the, the today's version of it, the run by Endo, LLPWX, but they don't run to that old old show. There's another company called PRJ, PRJ, that uh, run by Borishoi, you know, the Command Borishoi, that, that is the spin off of JWP. That exists. She links, or oh, the Gato move, you know, that the uh, Wars Wrestling, Diana, the Reina, the you know Tokyo Joshi, the Wave. We just named about fifteen different companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's good. You know, it's like the the WWE should not conquer every single company. The independent company should exist. You know what I'm saying? And uh, just like the independent scene that the, in America that uh, a talented young wrestler debuted elsewhere or eventually coming to, you know, eventually will come to, to stardom now. That's how their roster got so much bigger now. Mm. Yeah. But uh, about 15 women's company, you know, still running their shows. Today, yeah, right now. It's good, though. I'd say that the market is big, that... Uh, it doesn't have to be one, just one giant company, you know. That's healthier uh, as a, as a market. I did notice yeah. that uh, there was the Hokuto put the put the special shows together for all of the companies. I forget what. It right, was. right. Um, oh, just just the the pen. That's the beginning of the assemble. pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely assemble. Yeah, yeah. They haven't done it this year, though. Or the last year. Yeah, so that was not like the company, but the more like a project to make women's wrestling genki. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, just like kind yeah. of. Because like... Uh, Why do you, how do you translate the word genki? Uh, exactly. I mean, <laughs> high energy. Lively? Lively, vigorous. Um, okay, okay. Uh, like... Um, yeah, that the, the whole motivation behind it was to make women's wrestling genki. Yeah, and and bright and and yeah, like you said, lively and some word don't translate, huh? It's a special word, yeah. Yeah, but so Akira Hokuto as a, like a big senior, you know, it's almost like a alumnus, right? Al- alumni. Then then 
of the of the whole industry that she was influential enough that they can you know when she, when and if she pick up a phone, a lot of group will gather. Yeah, and uh, it only happened maybe two shows probably. Yeah, and it wasn't um there weren't any mixed promotion. Yeah, the, but the intention you know that the was a project. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that the pandemic so, also interrupted the yeah the start of Gaia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, but it's still under, you know, basically still under COVID, you know, era. I think you know yeah. none of these companies are running full time schedule, you know that the Social distance is getting easier a little bit, but you're still supposed to be wearing your mask, you know, when you're in the building, you know, for the safety precaution, I guess. And uh, none of these companies in Japan running that uh, as many shows as back in 2019. Yeah, that's uh, not just wrestling, but everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to cover every single year of Joji Pro Wrestling, but I think we did a pretty good job at covering everything from, let's say, 1951 yeah. up until now. <laughs> think so, yeah. Then, uh, um, you know, also after these three long episodes that uh, people might know more about it or the details of certain events or the certain wrestlers or the, the timeline or the that uh, your the company map and the wrestling company's geographics or like, uh, you know, that the who went where and what happened with this company and that company and this company became this company and the change of name names and and what and uh, we can always answer more questions yeah yeah this is for now yes, I, mean... I think <laughs> or with this three 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 episode uh we can, all the way from 1948 all the way to 2022 and like, i hope we did okay job on this yeah, feel free to reach out and, and ask questions if we, you know, of course we had to gloss over some aspects of, or some years, some, there are certain things that we can, we'll go over in detail down the road in the future when we focus on, you know. Yeah, yeah, we might have left out something there. big. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we'll we'll get to everything. Yeah. There's lots, there are lots of yes. uh, topics um unique or, or distinct topics to talk about and also we provided enough years and dates and names that uh, some serious wrestling fans out there younger than we are they please would start their own research from this point on mm. there's a lot to research too so yeah it's a lot out there yeah yeah and then uh, it's our role my role to head this down to wrestling historian and then you know researching people yeah mm. yeah i really hope that well if people have questions where can they reach out to you directly fumi okay at fumihiko dayo f-u-m-i-h-i-k-o-d-a-y-o fumihiko dayo on twitter or fumi saito on facebook and please message me first or friendly you know right away and i'm at Justin M. Nipper, K-N-I-P-P-E-R on Twitter. Uh, if you have questions, comments, we'll follow up on the next episode. So I guess that's it for now. That's the, the end of our history of pro wrestling 
in Japan, Women's Pro Wrestling in Japan series, Joshi Pro Wrestling. Part what should we do next? <laughs> well, if anybody we'll has come up any with ideas, something next week. Yeah. 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 But otherwise, we'll come at you with a surprise we'll, next yeah, week. Yeah, we'll be doing this every week. Yeah. And until then, so long from Tokyo. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.